The following is a production of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome to the iRacers Download. We have a great episode. Of course, I am your host, Taylor Burris. Joining us is my wonderful partner in crime, Justin Prince, and our fabulous producer, Wayne Owens, twisting the dials to help make sure that we're able to bring you all the storylines from the past week in the world of iRacing. And Justin, we have a special guest, the winner of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series at Atlanta, driver for William Byron Esports, Logan Clampett, joining us here today. Yes, indeed. And it was an emotional victory to say the very least. Two and a half years plus since his previous victory before Atlanta. It was a big time moment. And I think it's going to be a big time interview today with Logan. It certainly is. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's welcome Logan Clampett up in here as we appreciate you coming on, Logan. First and foremost, how do you feel after it settled down a little bit? It's been a couple of days since your win. Your emotions and thoughts after this major win for you? Well, um, I mean, the emotions have definitely calmed down, but I'm still, you know, super thankful to win the race and everything like that. And just a lot of stress has been released because obviously to get into the playoffs now, all we have to do is, you know, finish top 20. So a lot of stress, uh, is out of the way and whatnot. Uh, obviously it's still, you know, pretty emotional when I go back and watch the broadcast and whatnot. It's, it's still a little emotional and stuff, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely settled in and, you know, every, all, all, everyone's, you know, congratulating me, you know, all over, uh, all over the oval service so it's um it's 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 pretty cool it's it's a pretty cool experience you know it's it's definitely uh, been a while since my last one in uh, 2018 absolutely and of course atlanta had the interesting challenges logan first things first of being the first race for the top level of e-nascar to have essentially multi-groove racing once more for the first time in a couple years Talk us through running that race where multiple different lines came into play, especially with drivers trying to utilize the middle line to get clean air. Yeah, definitely. Um, all race long, I think the top side was was the most dominant line. <coughs> um, but it, like comparing it, comparing the dynamic track, which they um, they tried to bring back. Uh, comparing it to you know an official race, for example, I think the bottom worked more than official races, uh, and the bottom also saved tires better. Mm-hmm. So you saw me, you know, um, kind of towards the beginning to mid run, I would run the bottom for most most of the time. Uh, like the last run, I ran the bottom, and then I got to Nick. I was still running the bottom until he closed up behind me again. Uh, then I started running the middle to defend and the high side to defend. And then once I started pulling away, I started running the bottom more to kind of save my tires. Uh, so each line uh, definitely, you know, the top side has speed. The bottom side uh, saves your tires better. And it kind of equalizes out towards the end of those runs. It seemed to be that way, absolutely, Logan. And the interesting thing you mentioned a bit about Looking back at the post-race interviews, I'm not sure if you noticed at the time uh, Michael Conti essentially setting things up behind you like his own poster, trying to say hello in the backdrop, stuff like that. What was kind of the reaction after seeing all that and saying, 
Michael, why is there a big uh, Junior Motorsports sign right behind me? <laughs> no, it's it's all, you know, fun games and stuff like that. You know, he's he's an awesome friend. He's an awesome roommate. So it's um it's really cool living with them and you know, we we get to, you know, years years past, we get to look back on, you know, that interview and, you know, remember, oh, hey, remember this time and you you know, kind of laugh laugh at it. So it's um it's 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 funny that he did that and i i like the comedy for sure it certainly was a hilarious take on this whole situation it also shows the camaraderie you have amongst all the other drivers but to briefly touch on the stress that you're facing with you know some people might wonder you know how come an esports driver might undergo so much stress could you kind of hit a little bit on what stressful situations you have to overcome in having to perform at a high level on a weekend, week-out basis, not just in the Ian Ascar series, but also you have to maintain a certain level in order to maintain yourself in the Ian Ascar Coca-Cola iRacing series. Well, yeah, uh, obviously the, this, uh, the series has gotten bigger over the last few years and stuff. You know, if you've got NASCAR teams coming in, you've got, you know, really big-time sponsors. So you want to do good for your team and for your sponsors, each and every race uh and another thing is that we put in you know 15 to 20 hours for each race into the setup so if you wreck on lap one that you know like you almost kind of wasted that wasted that time so when you get into the race you don't want that happening so it becomes very uh very stressful and stuff and obviously you have all the exposure and stuff and you have the money as well uh, so for some people, uh, this is this is this is their job uh, right now. So it's um, kind of like an inco- income almost for some people, and uh, and then like I said before, all the exposure. So I think those are the main kind of kind of stressful stressful things, and you know you just you just don't want to look bad uh, in front of you know everyone watching. And stuff like that, because uh, obviously, if if that were to happen, then you know maybe people wouldn't view you as, as well or anything like that. You know, you never you never know. Uh, so it's it's all over the place <laughs> for sure. Speaking of working in the pro, this pro level series, you now work with William Byron Esports, of course. So, what is that relationship like with you? as well as Nick Ottinger, who is a defending champion, as well as your team owner, William Byron. What is that camaraderie and relationship like working with such a, a champion in one mass champions? And a matter of fact, you have an Xfinity Series champion, and then, of course, the defending E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series champion you're working with. Well, Nick, I've been with... Uh, I've been friends with for years and stuff. You know, I work with him on our little setup team, Team Conti, uh, which I've been on since March 2019. So I've been on there for two years now. And all of us, me, William, and Nick, uh, we all live in the same kind of hour radius of each other. So we can go to lunch or dinner whenever we want and, you know, have a meeting or anything. And, you know, we can all just get along and we're all... Yeah, within five years of each other. You know, I'm 20, I think William's 23, and I think Nick is 25 or 26. So we're, we're all still 
still pretty young and you know we all like to joke around and stuff like that and we all have you know that kind of um uh that kind of attitude towards each other so it's it's super it's super awesome having uh these two uh relationships uh going on right now uh in the series it, it definitely boosts my confidence and you know i want to do really really well uh for all these guys and stuff like that as we look ahead now, you know, we just completed, we're almost a little bit closer to the championship race, even though we're still early on. Your thoughts on what you're wanting to accomplish before we get to the playoffs this season? Before we get into into the playoffs, uh, go out there and do the best I can. I mean, we got the team championship, uh, so it's not like, you know, oh, I made the playoffs, let's go, you know, slack off and, you know, try and make top 20. No, we have the team championship uh, we want to do, we want to do good for our team, and that's you know the two of us as well. So we're gonna not like do crazy strategies and stuff like that. Uh, we're just gonna go out there, do the best we can, try and win some races, and uh, see if we can uh, you know make a goal for ourselves. Maybe like instead of you know instead of you know getting that win and finishing fifteenth in points, let's try and uh, finish. You know, around like you know, top five before the before the uh, playoffs start. That would be a really cool goal, and that would you know boost my confidence going up into the playoffs. Saying, "Hey, I have a chance to make the final four based off of you know where I finished uh, in points before the playoffs." So you definitely don't want to slack off and uh, just try and uh, pull off some crazy strategies just just to get wins want to ask this as well as we were talking a little bit before the start of the season a bit about this playoff system and for some drivers it was the preference of not too much changes it was the focus on just running the races but the interesting mark especially for some drivers Logan now is the expectation is they're thinking there's going to be 10 winners to lock themselves in do you feel that maybe the trend this season or do you feel it's going to be similar to what you see in the NASCAR Cup Series where some of the slots end up being via points or some of the slots end up being via victories. How do you feel it's going to end up faring based on what you've seen so far on the track from your competitors? Well, you know, <laughs> there have been quite a few different names up in front uh, in these races. You know, we already have four winners. That's almost half the people. Uh, I think... Keegan and Luza will repeat a couple races. Obviously, you're going to have Bobby win a road course race, most likely. Maybe Mitchell. Uh, maybe I'm going to say Mitchell at Coda because he has you know quite a bit of experience there. Uh, so you know, there's already two different winners. Uh, and then you know, Nick won the championship last year. That's a good contender. And Stephen Wilson, he's been running up front. Casey Kerwin, he's been running up front. Uh, and you know, once these guys put together you know, really quick cards, then, you know, they might be able to, you know, do what we did on Tuesday. And then obviously some people might pull, you know, crazy strategy at a mile and a half and they might get out in front and get lucky with a win. So it's, I, I think, I think we're going to have 10 different winners. And that's why I was stressed entering the season about the playoffs is that, you know, I haven't won a race in two years and, um, and I think we're going to have 10 different winners. So 
I have to win a race, and thankfully I did. But I, I think we're going to have 10 different winners uh, this season just just based off of either luck or, you know, the road courses or, uh, you know, wherever, wherever uh, you know, a driver prefers uh, to be. Like I, like, I really liked Atlanta. I've always really liked Atlanta. Uh, I've always liked Auto Club. Uh, so it, it depends on the track and stuff like that for the person and maybe they can go out there and win. Of course, I want to turn back towards the process a little bit about how you build the cars. Of course, you mentioned the partnership with team Conti, of course, roommates with Michael Conti as well helps with that conversation point. Like what's that like to be able to work together as a group, to be able to build that speed. And how would you describe that overall since you joined team Conti in 2019? Well, you know, I I don't really view it as a team aspect. We're we're literally like family over there. You know, we're we're all going to be going uh, going out of state somewhere uh, to celebrate my birthday and Nick's birthday uh, out at the uh, beginning of June. So, and then we've all traveled together. Uh, the past years and stuff like that. And we all hung out during media day and, you know, I, I treat it as like family, uh, instead of, you know, just helping each other with setups. Uh, so, and obviously you want to be there for your teammates and stuff like that. But when it comes down to the race, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all, all for yourself. Like, you know, me versus Nick, you know, we're really great friends and we're William Byron esports teammates and team Conti teammates. But when it comes down to it, we both want to win the race. So, um, but off the track, helping out with setups and stuff like that, you know, we all really collaborate and put effort into the setup. Uh, you know, a couple of us will run more laps and then the other couple will put more, you know, adjustments into the setups depending on the setup knowledge uh, that we have for each track. Interesting. I want to loop back to the birthday festivities. If you don't want me asking, what are the plans to be able to go together for said celebrations? Well, <laughs> well, we're going to be going uh, to Utah to, you know, hike and whatnot. Uh, and actually... Luza is planning on coming with us, so Luza's going to be kind of the odd one out, you know, the non-team Conti guy, but he's, uh, like, we, like, during media day, we all rented a lake house, you know, we have our friends outside of Team Conti, like, you know, when we had that little lake house, and we invited Dale over, and stuff like that, we had Jimmy, Zach, Luza, and then a couple other drivers, like Colton Davis used to be in the series, uh, and then I think there were a couple more that we uh, we invited. So um, to be able to you know experience that is is super cool. And I remember in 2019, uh, Matt Busa invited me over to Sedona uh, with Nick. So and I wasn't on Team Conti at the time. Uh, so I went there and I got along with Nick and Busa a lot and you know they really considered me to to join Team Conti and you know here I am I'm on Team Conti and now I'm living with uh, Mike Mike himself so it's uh it's really cool to you know go on these trips and you know have the friends and the teammates that uh that I have 
Coming up, more with our guest of the week, Logan Clampett. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Just Prince alongside Taylor Burris with our producer Wayne Owens as we are currently speaking with Logan Clampett, the winner of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series race at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now, to get back to the conversation, Logan, one of the main focal points of this year has been, of course, living with Michael Conti first things first. How did that all come to be to decide to go from your home state of California now to the state of North Carolina into the Charlotte area? Well, uh, I really wanted to move out to North Carolina just because uh, I had a lot of friends out here. And, you know, if I want to get into the racing industry, you know, I have those connections and whatnot, which uh, I'm still kind of kind of thinking about it and stuff. And, you know, to go to college out here because I was going to co- community college out in California and I was done with it. So either I was coming out here or I was going to be um, going out there to uh, to finish up college. So. Uh, that, that's what kind of made my decision that I asked, that I kind of went around asking, uh, you know, uh, and I went to Conti and I was like, Oh, you know, do you have any room at your place? Do you mind if I say, and you know, he thought about it for a little bit and he's like, he's like, well, he's still looking for a place. And I'm like, Oh, absolutely. And he, uh, he invited me on in and we've had, uh, we've had a great time, uh, living with each other and whatnot uh, originally i was just gonna rent an apartment or something like that maybe the college but thankfully yeah thankfully he came back to me and uh and uh we're experiencing uh this right now what do you hope to work in in the motor in the motorsports industry in particular uh i've been i've been off and on you know maybe maybe something like like marketing, uh, for example, but I've, I've been kind of thinking about it. I've been kind of searching around what, what I'd enjoy, what, what would be best uh, for my future and stuff like that. So it's not a hundred percent that I'm going to be doing that. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, um, we'll see within the next uh, couple of years. I'm waiting right now to get in-state tuition at, uh, UNC Charlotte. So I got, I got a little, little bit of time to think about what I, what I want to do. Well, speaking of that, what are some things that you like to do in your free time, Logan, that are outside of the iRacing community per se? Well, <laughs> I really, uh, I really like the outdoors. Uh, like, I really like you know, hiking and traveling, and uh, you know, I like I've been actually really getting into cooking ever since moving here. So uh, I've definitely. Um, it's definitely brought up some new interests ever since moving here. And, you know, I could, I could be outside, you know, hiking and stuff like that. I, I love the outdoors. I love nature. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I like it. I just, <laughs> I just do. I think it just brings me back to like when I was a kid or something, just like the smells of like the forest or the desert or, you know, something like that. So, uh, it's, uh, let's see what else. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Camp, camping, I haven't been camping in a while. Michael Michael doesn't want to go camping. He likes his home. Uh, <laughs> he camps from his so, home. So yeah, he camps from his home. Uh, I think that's really um, that's really about it that I can think of at the at the top of my head. 
Well, let's take a step back in time for you, Logan. You know, you've been on the service since 2013. What made you want to get on the iRacing service, and how did you come about it? Well, uh, let's see. I have to think back a while to this. I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, so I was, uh, I was talking with a friend that I've known since 2012. His name is Chris Nasowski. Uh, and he mentioned iRacing and he was like, Oh, you know, check this out. I've been on it for a couple months now. You know, I was, uh, 13 or I was 12 years old at the time, which you know, I was supposed to be on iRacing at 12 years old. But then like a month later I turned 13. Uh, so my apologies, iRacing, <laughs> but, um, so he mentioned it and he's like, Oh, you know, Dale Jr.'s on this game and you know, he's been on it for a while and you know, it looks super cool. And you know, I'm looking on NASCAR.com and I see the articles of Ray Alfala in his number two pro geek car winning the championship and winning races in 2012. And I, I never, I never knew, you know, back in 2012, what I racing really was. I thought, you know, it was, you know, just like, uh, let's say just a console video game or something. I've, I'd never heard of it until my friend really introduced me to it. So my dad bought me, you know, a $30 wheel and pedals combined. Like it was really cheap <laughs> and I immediately enjoyed it. Let me like, if you look at my stats, I'll, I'll go look at my stats real quick. Well, my first thousand wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. My first year I made, I think over 800 starts, and I remember. I remember uh, I was in middle school at the time. I remember. I remember my seventh grade photo. I was super tan, and then my eighth grade photo. I was super white because all I would do was eye racing because I because I enjoyed it so much. I had 803 starts in 2013, uh, so that's how much I liked it. And uh, eventually, I got to the point where I was good, you know, good enough to make pro. I had the I rating and stuff like that. And at the time, it was top 10 in A Open Season 1 and A Open Season 2. Um, so in 2014, in December, is when I made my shot for pro. Uh, I didn't make it the first season. Then I tried out for the second season in A Open and made that one and, uh, you know, competed in the 2015-2016 Pro Series and made it through there. And, uh, yeah, rookie season was 2016. So that's, that's how I really got into it uh i mean i've been a racing fan since nine years old uh, since 2009 so i've i've been into it for a little bit but i've just you know been playing the console games and stuff like that before before getting i racing and speaking of the world championships you competed in you competed in a couple of others including the i racing rallycross championship and even the world of outlaws sprint cars championship tell us about what was it like juggling three different disciplines in order to compete for championships oh man it was it was hectic i don't i don't know if i'd do it again i don't i don't have a lot of time uh like i did you know a couple of years ago uh and i just i didn't enjoy it as much uh like you know i i mainly put in my time into oval and then maybe like you know, a few hours before the race and rally cross or sprint cars and stuff like that. So I was, I never really was hooked on to those other world championships. Like I am to Coke. Cause I felt like I was never really 
great enough to compete up front like I do uh, like I do in Coke. Uh, so I um I don't know I, I kind of got out of it. Uh, I I like I haven't I didn't do a rally cross race last year. I haven't done one this year. I uh, I haven't really done a dirt race since mid last year. So it's um. So I've really been focusing on on oval uh, a lot of the time, and then Porsche. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I've tried out the Porsche car, and I cannot drive it. <laughs> like I have an eighty two hundred on road, but that is that is straight up all from the uh, MX five Miata. So <laughs> a lot of the eNASCAR drivers prefer driving the MX five Miatas quite often outside of their e-nascar careers when they're done with that for the season yeah yeah i i remember racing a lot with uh matt busa back in the day you know back in 2015 2016 when i really you know was grinding grinding those cars so uh i think i competed against Kerwin a couple times uh so it was you know it's it was fun back in the day. I've I've tried it recently, uh, and I'm I'm definitely not as good as uh, what I was back in the day in the Miata. But uh, that's that's perfectly that's perfectly fine because we got the uh, the e NASCAR Coca Cola Irising series to really focus on and stuff like that. Absolutely, and want to ask, of course, for those who are coming up to the ranks. And as somebody who has competed in multiple World Championship Series, including multiple at a time, what's some of the advice you would give to those drivers who may be saying, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. What kind of advice would you give them to try and help them in their sim career? Well, it, it takes time, uh, especially nowadays because of how competitive it is. So, I mean, it took me about... Uh, a year and a half to two years to go for pro, uh, but I really raced a lot. Like in twenty, like I said, in twenty thirteen, I made eight hundred starts, and then in twenty fourteen, I made six hundred twelve starts. Uh, in twenty fifteen, I made four hundred starts. Uh, so back in the day, I used to race a lot, so I got a lot of practice, and I never really cared about I rating until. I had the irony to go pro. So if you're, you know, around like, uh, you know, 4,000 irating or below, if you get wrecked a race, don't, don't even bother, you know, um, don't worry about your irating. Just have fun. Just have fun with the game. That's what I did until I probably got around to 6,000 irating and was ready to really take iRacing seriously and bring it to the, uh, the next step. And of course, a lot of interesting races coming up, including Auto Club Speedway. Your thoughts on going over to there where it's another track with multiple lines now implemented, including that top line against the wall. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I've I've always ran, you know, top 10 at Auto Club uh, most years. My highest finish is second there in 2017. And last year we were doing really well until getting wrecked late in the race. I think I was top five for most of the race, but it's gonna be it's gonna be different this year uh, with you know the high groove coming in and stuff like that. But we'll practice it and we'll uh, 
you know, run the A opens we usually do uh, every Monday before our race. So we'll we'll figure it out, and uh, hopefully we can bring a good car to that race, and hopefully I can run up front again. Well, Logan, as we come to a close of this interview, where can people go and follow your entire career, whether it be esports or wherever you do in the future, to keep up to what you do? Well, I have Twitter, I have Instagram, and then I've been getting into streaming uh, a little bit more lately. Uh, and all, all of those, my Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, it's going to be Logan Clampett underscore. Uh, so that those are all my social media accounts. Uh, that's I pretty much post on there pretty pretty often. I'd say you know like a few times every week. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Logan, we want to first say thank you for taking the time to come out and have this interview with us here today, and we look forward to seeing what you can do for the rest of the 2021 E NASCAR Coca Cola I Racing Series. Thank you, guys. That was Logan Clampett, winner of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Coming up, news of the week and the events coming up. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download. Of course, my co-host Justin Prince, myself, Taylor Burris, we are just now completing our interview with Logan Clampett, winner of round number four of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, who was just completed at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And Justin, let's talk a little bit about that race. We just had Logan on the show. What were some of the main highlights that we saw for that race at Atlanta? I think strategy was the name of the game for parts of it, especially to try and get towards the front of the field because it was just a one-caution affair overall. And that one caution was when one driver tried to pit early, that being Bob Bryant, and there was miscommunication with one of the air drivers, Zach Novak, who collided with the back end of him. So it was the type of race where, to take things away, if you got the strategy right, especially with planning things out for the second half of the race, you were in a good spot. Both Clampett and Nick Oninger both were very well on that strategy to be able to get one, two. They were lightning quick and was talking with them a little bit afterwards where, especially for Nick Oninger, was surprised with the short run pace seen in that car in particular compared to their historical track record where they're known for more being long run pace drivers. It certainly is, Justin. And, of course, as we look throughout the field, a couple of other drivers who had great runs in the beginning was, of course, our pole sitter, Mitchell DeJong, with that number 23, with a 2311 racing team. Led 58 laps, but unfortunately struggled towards the end of the race, coming home with a 19th-place finish. So what do you think we can expect out of him for the rest of this season? He has the pace. He just needs to try and close the gap and finish out these races stronger. I think the key thing is going to be trying to practice especially in traffic over time. I think it's going to take some time at this level for him to continue to get used to the battling because obviously he's got the short run pace. Obviously he's got the qualifying pace. It's just a matter of, once again, to dirty air, how he handles the different lines, how he handles trying to battle through traffic, trying to save his equipment to make sure he gets through the field. We know that he's got that type of experience. We've seen it on the road course side. We know he has a lot of real world experience. It's just a matter of saving equipment and getting better on the long run, I think, for Mitchell, as well as the fine things. Because, for example, Las Vegas Motor Speedway was doing well early on. He looks up one moment, his gauge is fine. Next moment he looks down, he ends up blowing up. 
same type of race now where at Atlanta just struggled once things got into the midst of traffic after being dominant early and getting that clean air. So I think that's something he's going to have to work on is just trying to complete the full race in the dirty air potentially. It certainly is. Of course, after those races here, of course, we now have four different winners, kind of like what we saw in the current NASCAR Cup Series. We now have four different winners, actually now soon to be five different winners in the Cup Series, as we now know about what happened at Phoenix. But another thing to talk about as well is the point standings. Of course, with those four different winners, those four are guaranteed a spot as long as they stay in the top 20 in points. But currently right now, Casey Kerwin leads the point standings right now by points by six over Keegan Leahy, Logan Clampett, Ryan Luza, Michael Conti, your top five. And then a little further down, we have a tie actually for the 10th position between Jake Nichols and Brad Davies. So these 10, 11 drivers are going to be fighting tooth and nail for these championship positions in order to guarantee them a spot in the playoffs. And I think it's going to come right down to the wire potentially because it was talked about by Ryan Lewis in particular, drivers are expecting 10 different winners. And of course, it's so difficult to win in this series. So it could be the question of which drivers will they end up being because we could end up seeing someone say 17th position move up from the point standings that driver for example Nathan Lyon who has experience up towards the front so the pressure is going to be on for the drivers I think throughout the field to make sure they execute and stay out of trouble take for example Jake Nichols had contact before the race even started Taylor still ended up with a solid finish overall after having to recover from damage 27 position still a solid point stay for example it certainly was, Justin. Of course, the next time the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series is back in action is on March 30th at Auto Club Speedway. Of course, we here on the virtual world actually have Auto Club Speedway, the two-mile configuration. Of course, that'll soon change in the real world where it will be converted to a short track. So you can catch coverage live at 8.30 on March 30th. On, of course, live on NASCAR.com, E-NASCAR.com slash live, iRacing.com, and many more platforms. So, Justin, we also have a championship that we're getting ready to crown next Monday night. Monday Night Racing season finale. Trucks at Atlanta. We got Nick DeGroot, Anthony Alfredo, Will Rogers, and also Preston Pardis battling for the championship. And you're talking about a, one of the biggest leagues in the iRacing service. This one here, well, it's going to get a whole lot bitter, bigger as FS1's very own Adam Alexander Larry McReynolds and Daryl Waltrip return once again to call the final race of the season. I can't wait to hear that call, especially how they did with the regular season finale. It should be an exciting race because as seen with the cup cars, Taylor, for the E-NASCAR Coco iRacing Series, multiple lines came into play, expecting the same to be for Monday Night Racing with the trucks. It's just a matter, though, of who's going to be able to carry the most momentum. Anthony Alfredo, I think, has that momentum right now, Taylor, because... He talked about it. He won the last time those three were in the booth. He also was the winner to be able to lock himself into the Final Four in a thrilling finish, mind you, last Monday. It's going to be, I think, an eventful race, to say the very least, but it could come down to Alfredo and based on how pace comes down. But as well, don't be surprised to see Will Rogers up towards the front, especially early on in that race, and Preston Partis, especially towards the later end of the race. 
It certainly is. And also, Justin, a lot of things also included in this championship race. We have Michael McDowell giving the invocation and Alan Beswick giving the commands to start engines. So a star-studded lineup of people and drivers involved in Monday Night Racing. But as we look ahead to the future, we see the Season 3 schedule has just been released. And, of course, the season kicks off May 3rd on Monday night, of course, with Daytona in the cup cars. And they are doing a wide variety of other forms of racing. We have dirt racing, trucks, Xfinity cars, dirt street stocks, IndyCar, Porsche racing, even taking the 1987 cup cars. And we're heading to Darlington during the playoffs. So a very exciting series. And for those of you who are wanting to watch and learn more about this series, make sure to go to Monday Night Racing on their Facebook and also social media pages to learn more about it and catch the action on Monday night, 8 p.m., only on Podium Esports Network. So make sure to go there and watch all the action. It's going to be exciting. You will not want to miss it. And, Justin, finally, in other news, we have to preview Road to Pro. Kicks off again here, this time heading to Atlanta Motor Speedway, just like the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. What is your thoughts going into this race? I think for the drivers, it's going to be the challenge of trying to battle the tire wear. It's similar to the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series race in that regard, where you're going to have to have the strategy dialed in, but also... Tire wear is going to be massive, Taylor. Some of the biggest teams have been working on that all week and for the past couple weeks now. And here's the difficult part. Remember, there have been a couple different new builds and updates to Atlanta over the past couple weeks. So teams have had to fare with the challenges of trying to battle with the differences in the track surface compared to before to now where all three lines are in play. You might see drivers try and run the middle of the racetrack in the long run. Others may try and run the wall much of the run. Others prefer to be the bottom feeders. It's going to be absolutely entertaining. The question is going to be, Taylor, can Parker Retzlaff be able to keep up the momentum after a strong start at Las Vegas? That's going to be the biggest question. It certainly is, Justin. I mean, Parker, I'm pretty sure we talked to him a couple of weeks ago or last week. He was confident about the car, and I know he's looking forward to running at Atlanta but I know for a fact he's also going to be concerned. A lot of people have been saying some other teams have been growing stronger after this most recent build for teams such as Norse Force as well as many more. So we have to keep an eye and see what they can accomplish as well. But of course, BDE Legacy Esports and Kale Gale Development are going to be some of the top teams to watch this season as they continue on in the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series. Of course, for those of you who are listening, you can catch the action, of course, on Podium Esports Network. They premiere their episodes on 9 p.m. And of course, you can watch the rerun of that since we're recording the day of the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series. So Justin, let's talk about you. How do you feel about your car truck this week at Atlanta? A little bit nervous, to say the very least. It's been a ton of work, more than a thousand plus laps in preparation. I think right now my goal is simple. Just get solid points, get a top 10, have a solid long run, and solid strategy dialed in for the race. I'm very nervous. Let's put it that way, Taylor, for the race. Certainly so, of course, with me being a spotter for Dustin Johnson of BDE Legacy Esports, we're feeling confident. We're going to try and survive, put our best foot forward, and 
hopefully get another strong finish like we did at Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Of course, for those of you who are listening, we are recording the day of the eNASCAR Road to Pro Race. So you can actually catch the action on Podium Esports websites or YouTube channel or Twitch channel to catch the full event of the top split race and see who comes out on top. Of course, a lot of great racing action still to come. And just briefly, right quick, Porsche, I believe, starts in two weeks, correct, for their next round? At about a week, week and a half, in fact. And right now, things have gotten very interesting with the championship. Keep in mind, after Joshua Rogers and his struggles in the most recent round, the thing is, he gained on his points advantage because of how well he did in qualifying, despite getting involved in a massive incident early on at Circuit of Spa-Francorchamps. That championship's going to be exciting in the next couple weeks or so to keep an eye on all the way into the middle of the spring. It certainly is. Of course, the next round, we're heading to... I don't know if we can say this or not on air but or anything like that, but we're heading to the Green Hell, the Nürburgring Nutschleife on March 27th. And Justin, I got to say, it's one of the most amazing tracks on the iRacing service, but probably the most difficult track on the iRacing service to drive on. And a first for drivers in the Tag Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. They actually ran it last season, in fact, Taylor, though. And the thing is, with that race, it's seen some eventful moments. Maximilian Beneke in making contact, for example, with Rogers and Job was among those, or rather, just Rogers, was among those key pivotal moments of the season, in fact. So it's going to be a tough place to pass. And it's going to be one where you're going to have to be putting in a ton of work because any mistake at any point in that racetrack, your race is done. It certainly is. Of course, you can catch the action live next Saturday on March 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern time is when the next round of the Tag Heuer Porsche Esports Super Cup here on the iRacing service will begin. Well, Justin, that pretty much covers everything currently on the news. Of course, we cannot thank enough for having Logan Clampett from William Byron's Esports here, our race winner at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So for all of us here at the iRacers Download, for Justin Prince, our producer Wayne Owens, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the NASCAR digital media platform and the Speed Sport Podcast Network.